I'm Dr. Orion Taraban, and this is PsychHacks, Better Living Through Psychology. And the topic of today's short talk is the truth about the red pill. So I think it's about time that I made this episode. I think it's an important one, and I hope that you will listen through to the very end. First of all, I think it will be helpful to define what I mean by the red pill for the purposes of this conversation, because the term can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different folks. My working definition of the red pill is a set of knowledge and know-how that facilitates the construction of a worldview that pertains to men's place in society and to intersexual dynamics in particular. It's red pill in that this worldview deviates in significant ways from the dominant social narratives about those topics. I don't think that the red pill is equivalent to male feminism, and I definitely don't see the red pill as anti-woman. In fact, I believe that many of the understandings in that knowledge set can and do substantially benefit women in that they can enable women to have much more satisfying relationships with the men of their choosing. So that's my working definition of the red pill. And what I'd like to suggest is that taking the red pill is something like a spiritual journey in as much as once the scales have dropped from your eyes and you come to perceive and recognize and understand some of the truths about intersexual dynamics and the way relationships actually function, you're no longer the same person you once were. Just like Saul was blinded by the light on the road to Damascus and was so transformed by the experience that he even changed his name, so taking the red pill can be an evolution on par with a spiritual transformation. And within this framework, I think it's important to keep in mind two spiritual teachings which can meaningfully inform men's use of the red pill. Let's get right into it. The first teaching is kind of a joke about enlightenment. And the joke goes like this. Enlightenment? Better not start. Having started, better finish. Let's break this down because I think that this joke contains a powerful truth that is very applicable to the red pill. So why might it be better for some people to not start the process towards enlightenment? I mean, is there a better goal that we can aspire to? How could this be a bad thing? Again, the answer here has to do with the fact by the time you even make some meaningful progress toward the goal of enlightenment, you are no longer the person you were when you began your journey. Pursuing enlightenment will require a complete transformation of your personality, psychology, lifestyle, and relationships. In short, to embark on the process of enlightenment is to lose everything. Everything you once knew, anyway. So that's a very high cost, and it might be better for some people to know that price tag is very high before they get into it. And why is this? Because if you start the process but don't finish it, in many respects, you will be worse off than if you had never started to begin with. Because what happens when you make some progress towards enlightenment? Well, let's say that you become increasingly dissatisfied with the world. You begin to see through the heedless pursuit of money and fame and status and sex, and may even renounce them entirely. However, because you haven't yet arrived at full enlightenment, and you don't yet have anything better to replace it with, Maybe you've given up the bad, but you haven't yet fully replaced it with the good. 
what's more, you've just given up a lot of the things that make life pleasant and enjoyable without having yet arrived at real joy or true understanding. This means that with respect to enlightenment, it kind of gets worse before it gets better. And if you're not committed to going all the way to the end, then you might end up stopping at the halfway point between who you used to be and who you might become, which is kind of the least functional place to stop. So that's why there's this admonition to better finish if you start. And I think this really holds true for the red pill, because I think if you're going to take the red pill, you have to completely swallow it. Otherwise, don't put it in your mouth. If you swallow it halfway, it's kind of like it gets stuck in your throat. A lot of the guys I hear talking online today, it sounds like the red pill is stuck in their throat. It's an aggravating, sputtering irritant. They're basically choking on the pill because they haven't yet fully swallowed it, which in this metaphor means that they haven't yet fully integrated the knowledge set into their worldview. Now, before I go any further, if you're liking what you're hearing, then please consider sending this episode to someone who might benefit from its message. It's word of mouth referrals like that that really help to make the channel grow. And if you're interested in going to grad school, be sure to check out my top-rated GRE self-study program at StellarGRE.com. You can use the coupon code PSYCH for 10% off all membership plans. Now, how do you know if you fully integrated the red pill? It's very simple. You know that you fully integrated the red pill when you are no longer upset by the truths that it reveals. Where there is anger, there is not yet understanding. And the ultimate goal of the red pill is understanding. Not an intellectual understanding that can rattle off a host of statistics or esoteric terms or sex-based injustices, but a deep emotional understanding that is predicated on an acceptance of reality. Reality is what it is, no more, no less. Getting angry at reality indicates a lack of acceptance about reality. And it is our work to conform our understanding to reality, not to work to conform reality to what our intellectual understanding believes it should be. So if you're going to take the red pill, make sure it doesn't get stuck in your throat. Because what's the alternative? I mean, you can't really spit it back up. It's already been in your system. And that means you can't unsee what you've seen under its influence. And choking on the pill sucks. Men who do so are like those who quit halfway into enlightenment. They completely renounce women and sometimes society at large, but they don't really have anything better to replace it with yet. Now, this might very well be an inevitable stage in the process toward true understanding and integration, but if so, it is definitely a stage in that process. It is not the end goal. So if you're still angry after a while and you can't spit that pill back up, your only real choice is to keep swallowing until it's deep in your belly where you can finally digest it and eventually integrate it into who you are. And you'll know you've done this when you're no longer angry and you begin to navigate the world of relationships more successfully than you used to. And this leads us to the second spiritual teaching applicable to the red pill. Maybe you've heard it before. It's before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, 
chop wood, carry water. What does that mean? Well, among other things, I think it suggests the paradoxical truth that once you arrive at the point of enlightenment, everything is completely different, and yet nothing may have changed. It's a weird paradox and difficult to put into words, but it kind of makes sense if you think about it. If you arrive at a higher level of awareness, then the whole world changes because you yourself have changed despite nothing being objectively different. So what does this have to do with the red pill? Well, just like your blue pill beta simp days were probably characterized by relationships with women, eventually your red pill alpha king days will probably be characterized by relationships with women. Everything is completely different, and yet nothing has changed. And this is because, excepting a very small minority of men, women are going to be a part of our lives in one way or another. And when fully integrated, the red pill allows men to have fulfilling relationships with women in a way that makes sense for the particular individuals involved. Women are not the enemy, and they are not to be feared or hated or shunned. These emotional responses indicate a lack of acceptance and understanding. That said, I'm also not saying that men should just get over it. Many men have been significantly harmed by women, and working through their trauma is going to be an essential stage of their journey. And I'm not saying that the end result is supposed to look like men and women holding hands and singing kumbaya. For many men, it is entirely appropriate not to return to the relationships they once had. What I am saying is women aren't going anywhere. And the vast majority of men will continue to relate to women in some form or another after they swallow the red pill. Understanding women and intersexual dynamics more generally is kind of like finally reading the rule game, the rule book to a game you have little choice but to play. Imagine all the fouls and the injuries and the violations that can accrue by playing a game if you don't know the rules. However, knowing the rules will not only keep you safer, but should realistically inform your strategies when playing the game. So I hope I haven't alienated my audience with this episode, but you might as well know where I stand sooner as opposed to later. I am not anti-woman, despite having many opportunities in my personal story to become so. I've worked to heal my trauma. I've integrated my understanding into a comprehensive worldview, and I enjoy fulfilling effortless relationships with women. And I wish the same for all the other men out there. A long episode, but an important one. What do you think? Does this fit with your own experience? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. Um, you may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.